up everybody, it's Michael Tucker with the Real Estate Success Strategies here. Listen, I am so, so excited because today we're gonna to be talking about driving for dollars. If you don't know what driving for dollars is, it's going around, driving around and finding vacant properties that you can reach out to the homeowners and buy. So going around, driving around in your car or maybe even on a bicycle or jogging around your neighborhood and trying to find deals that look distressed, okay? So that's what we'll be talking about today. But before we dive into that, let's talk a little bit about my free real estate group we created right here on Facebook. Uh, I don't know if you all are connected with me on Facebook or not. I hope you are. But if you're not, we have a free real estate group called Real Estate Success Group. Okay, that's If you want to go on um, the link below, you can click it. Or if you want to just hop on Facebook right now while you're listening. Uh, if you're driving, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it while you're driving. But if you want to get on Facebook and just type in Real Estate Success Group. Okay. And there's a picture of me on there and it'll say hosted by Michael Tucker. Hop in that group. It's totally free. You have to do nothing to join. Okay. Just hop in there, answer a few questions about yourself to, so I know that you're legit and you'll be put in this free group where we do weekly trainings and we help you scale your business to the next level or even kickstart your business. So, so excited about that. Make sure you go in there and join that group. And I'm so excited. So let's talk today about driving for dollars. A lot of people, when they get in the real estate business, they're like, hey, how do I find leads? How do I find deals? Because the market's so hot, everything right now is just seem like it's flying off the shelf. How do I find deals? Well, one of my favorite ways is driving for dollars. I just love going around random neighborhoods, driving around my town and finding houses that look distressed. Now, when I say distressed, I'm talking about the houses that look like the roof you know, has a tarp over it, or maybe that the, um, the shrubs are too high, they're too tall, they haven't been trimmed, the grass is growing up too tall, uh, and maybe even some properties you can just tell by the amount of mail that's in the mailbox. If it's like overflowing with mail, or the, the windows have no shades on them, and you can look just see right through, um, maybe everybody else's trash cans by the road except for this property, um, those are all indicators that, you know, they're probably vacant or distressed and the property would be willing to sell them. So that's what I love doing. And actually, whenever I first started in real estate, that's how I got a first couple of my deals. Like when we were wholesaling, I would drive around in my market in Lexington. Um, and I found this one property, for example, uh, it was 1129 Sparks Road. And I was driving around. I think I went to an event where I had a meeting up there and I just took about 15, 20 minutes and just drove around. And I jotted this address down because the house looked old. The rest of the neighborhood was starting to get remodeled. And this house just looked old, had a metal roof that looked, you could tell it was just rusting. And um, the grass was probably up to my knees or you know to my shin, so it was pretty tall. And then the bigger cities, they have code violation, right? So um, you know, I'm sure they were getting code violation bills from all that. And so you know what I decided to do? I decided, hey, I'm gonna write this address down and give the owners a call. And so today, I wanna to walk you through the entire process. We got that deal, by the way. We um, contacted the homeowner. They said, yes, we're, we're going through a divorce. We would love to sell this property. And um, so we got with them and we ended up making, I can't remember exactly, I think it was almost, it was like four or $5,000 on that one deal, all from just driving for dollars, free leads. Obviously, you had to pay for gas um, or your energy to go ride a bike around the neighborhood. But, you know, it was four or five grand I wouldn't have made if I never would have drove around that neighborhood. So let's hop in and talk about 
driving for dollars. If you're very brand new and you know nothing about driving for dollars, what I would encourage you to do is start driving around neighborhoods that you've never been in before. Start driving in neighborhoods that you know investors are investing in. And so what you'll do is you'll drive down these neighborhoods and if you see one that looks like it needs some work, it just needs some uh, Chip and Joanna gained love, right? <laughs> it needs a little, um, what do they call it? Spit shine, you know? So what I would do is find those properties, keep a notebook. There's even an app called Deal Machine. Deal Machine or Driving for Dollars. There's an app called Driving for Dollars. There's some apps you can go in there and you can literally pull up a GPS on your phone and tap the houses and it'll save it in your phone. So you can get an app like that, but if you want to do it like me and do it old timey, you can just take a notebook and just write down the addresses. And so once you've done that, drive around the neighborhood, find some addresses. What I usually do is I'll go home and look up the address in truepeoplesearch.com. Okay. This is kind of weird. Not a lot of people know you can do this, but you can actually look up people's address and their name in truepeoplesearch.com and find their cell phone numbers. Now, not all of them are 100% accurate. I'm going to give you a disclaimer. Not all of them are accurate, but it'll give you tons of phone numbers that these people have had in the past. And usually the, the top three phone numbers, or maybe even, I just always try all of them if I can't get a hold of them. But usually the top three, you know, are the most relevant. So I'll search them. So I'll search 123 Main Street on, um, on truepeoplesearch.com. Make sure it's the right person by going to the PVA website, right? So I'll type in the PVA website, 123 Main Street, see who owns it. Then I'll go to truepeoplesearch.com, put in the address, see if it's the same people. And then if I find that it's a match, the same owners are on that address on True People Search and PVA, I'll just start calling them. I'll uh, call them with the numbers that are listed there and I'll say, Hey, uh, this is Michael Tucker. I'm just uh, an investor in the area. I was driving by 123 Main Street and I noticed it looked kind of empty. My wife and I, I always kind of make it seem like I'm a family guy. I'm somebody that can, they can trust, somebody local, you know, because you don't want to be like, hey, I'm an investor and I'm looking to buy houses, you know, make it really like, we'll pay cash, close, you know, you want to make it conversational, be like, hey, my name's Michael, you know, my wife and I are looking for a house in the area. We just drove by this house. I don't know if you're the owner or not, but we're wondering if you are the owner, if you'd be interested in selling. Sometimes the people will say no. Sometimes the people will say, oh yeah, we've been meaning to sell like the people that I called, right? And actually I left the house that I told you about at the beginning of this podcast. I just left a voicemail or maybe I text them. I can't remember. It was a voicemail or a text because it didn't come through, but I got the voicemail. So the voicemail was like, hi, this is blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, so I got the right number. So I text them or left, I think I did both voicemail and a text. And she called me back and like, yes, we're getting a divorce. I want to sell. We have no equity really. Can you help us? And we helped them. So if they don't answer, if none of the, if none of the numbers work that you call, they all like are unavailable, their service is no longer there or whatever, those phones don't work. You can actually skip trace them there's if you don't know what skip tracing is it's pretty much you pay a dollar some some websites are cheaper but you can pay to get their information okay so you can pay if you wanted to if you wanted to spend some cash on a skip tracing website there's tons out there there's skipfleet.com there's um shoot i can't even remember there's so many just type in real estate skip tracing and it'll pop up so 
You can do that if you can't get a hold of them by truepeoplesearch.com. Or, or you can write them a letter, okay? You can write them a letter and just say, hey, my name's Michael. My wife and I just drove past your house at 123 Main Street. The same kind of spill I just told you about earlier. You know, if you're interested, text me or call me. I always say text me or call me because that gives them an option. If you say call me, they're going to probably be like, oh, I don't want to call this person. That seems kind of iffy. Text is a lot less risky on their end. They can just text, say, hey, are you real? You know, so just say text or call me at this number. Would love to chat with you. God bless Michael Tucker, right? So you can send them a letter. Now, the thing with letters is sometimes people throw them away. Sometimes, you know, they're a little slower. It's snail mail, right? So it's going to take a little while. So if you don't hear back, so I would send one. If you don't hear back within, I don't know, maybe like, a week, two weeks, I would send it again. I would send a letter at least three to four times um, before, you know, giving up on that property, okay? Some people will even say that it takes five to six times before you get a response. Because a lot of people, they're thinking, oh, well, I'm going to flip that house, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take some of my personal money. I'm going to flip that house. So, you know, I'm not going to worry about selling it. And then a few weeks go by and they're like, I don't want to, I don't want to try to work on that house myself. I'd rather sell it. And then they reach out to you, right? So, um, so direct mail, sending them letters takes consistency. And I want to be straight up. I've never done <laughs> direct mail to be honest. I've sent letters, but I've never got a deal from it. So I just want to be transparent with you. But I know people that, listen, one of my good friends that um, lives here in the area that I live, they've done this many times and got deals. So I'm not telling you this like to say, hey, I'm a professional at writing letters, but I know it's possible and you can do it because I have friends that have. I, You know what? I just, you know, if I can't find their number, you know what I'll do? I'll go knock on their house. Okay, I'll knock on the house and ask. I'll ask the neighbors. I'll say, hey, do you know about this house? If nobody answers the distressed property, I'll go to the neighbors and say, hey, do you know anything about this house right here? And they'll say, oh, yeah, there was a renter in there. They moved out about six months ago. The house needs a, a roof. Listen, the neighbors know the most about the property, or they think they do anyway. So ask the neighbors. And if you want to go another step, I've even done this. If the, the mailing address on the PVA is different than the property address, I go to the homeowner's address if it's in town. So for example, when you look on the PVA at 123 Main Street, it'll show you who owns it and where they live. So the address may be totally different. So I'll go to the, that owner's house if it's different, and I'll just knock and say, hey, I know this is really weird. I just you know, was stopping by, I was in the area. Uh, I was wondering if you own a house over there at 123 Main Street. If so, would you be interested in selling it? My wife and I drove past it and we thought we'd come visit you. And more than likely, all they can tell you is yes or no, so if they see you in person, they're going to think, oh, this guy's legit. You know, a phone call is a little different. They can be like, are you scamming me? Are you, you know, is this legit? But if you show up in person, they're like, oh, you're a real person. Um, yeah, we've actually been thinking about it. No, we don't want to. So, you know, if they live in the area and, you know, you're wanting to get this house and you want a deal, drive to their house, drive to their mailing address, do whatever it takes to get that deal. Okay. So that's driving for dollars in a nutshell. Okay. Now, there's tons of other ways you can contact people. If you can't find them in any of those ways, go on Facebook. Where's everybody else? Everybody's on social media. Even people that you would never imagine, people that are 70, 80 years old, they're on Facebook because they want community, okay? 
So for example, we want to buy some land in this certain area of my town I live in. I don't want to buy it anywhere else. I want to buy it in this certain area. You know what I did? I found some, some land that was all just wooded. And I went on the PVA. I found out. I said, hey, who owns this? And I found out on the PVA. I couldn't find, you know, they lived out of town, I think. And so you know what I did? Easiest way for me to get a hold of them? I shot them a message on Facebook. It's kind of scary. You know, you're like, oh, you can find people that own land on Facebook. Yeah. What I did is I found out, hey, they live in this city in Kentucky and they have this name. So I just typed the name in, in Facebook and usually people will have on their Facebook profile where they live, right? So let's say this lady, she lived in Lexington, Kentucky and she had this name. So I typed it in on Facebook so-and-so lives in Lexington, Kentucky. Same exact name. I, I added her as a friend, and I sent her a message. I sent her a message, said, hey, my name is Michael. Um, my wife and I are looking to buy some land in this area because we want to build a cabin. We want to put an A-frame on it. Would you be interested in selling it? If you're not the owner, just let me know, and I'm sorry I got the wrong person, right? And she messaged back. She was like, hey, let me talk to my family and my friends. So she got back. She was like, hey, we don't want to sell it right now, but we will in the future. We want to sell it all together. They have like, I can't remember how many acres, but they have quite a bit. And they were like, hey, we want to sell it all together. We'll let you know when. So key point made, Facebook is another way you can reach out to these people. Listen, driving for dollars is a great way, especially if you're just starting out in real estate and have no marketing money, okay? If you can't seem to find anything on the MLS, if you can't seem to find anything with a realtor, can't seem to find any deals on Facebook Marketplace, listen, drive for dollars. Super efficient, super easy. Literally all it takes is you on your way to work, literally you on your way to the gym, on your way to um, that date you're going on, just taking a street you've never taken before. Taking a road or you know a little neighborhood that you know you've always thought about going down but you never have, just do it because you never know what deal could come to mind. And driving for dollars can be done for wholesaling, buying rentals, fix and flip. It don't matter what you're doing. Finding a vacant property, a distressed property, and reaching out to the homeowners is efficient. Okay? So that's what I recommend for people that are just starting out. It's called driving for dollars. Listen, so simple to do. And if you have any questions about driving for dollars, shoot me a message. Get in the free real estate success group on Facebook and ask questions about driving for dollars. Myself or somebody will direct you in the right path. So guys, that's driving for dollars. I could talk probably a million times longer about exactly all the details, about what kind of car you need. No, I'm joking. You don't need a certain car to drive for dollars. But um, no, it's cool because driving for dollars can be done anywhere. It doesn't matter what city you're in. It doesn't matter what state. It doesn't matter how much time you have because all it takes is you going out there, spending 10 minutes on the road, or you know, five, 10 minutes, or if you wanna spend an hour or two, just up to you. All you have to do is carve out the time to do it. And that's the thing in real estate. It's all about priorities. What are you gonna spend your time doing? For me, that's a money-making activity, okay? Well, I say writing up offers, contacting homeowners, that's money-making activities because that's gonna to lead to money in my pocket. So. Are you going to make those money-making activities, making offers, looking at properties, are you going to make those a, a priority or are you just going to talk about doing those things and never do it? So that's my challenge for you all. Utilize driving for dollars to find some deals. 
That's what we've been doing. That's what we plan to continue doing. Guys, we're actually going to start doing this for apartments. You guys probably know there's some shady apartments out there, right, in the town you live in. Listen, that's what we're going to start doing right now. We're going to start driving around in the city we live in, finding apartments that look rough, and contacting the landlord and say, hey, listen, we want to buy that property and fix it up. Would you sell it to us? And more than likely, landlords are tired right now. Nobody's paying rent with COVID-19 or COVID-20, whatever it's called, COVID-19. <laughs> and so landlords, you know, they may be interested in selling. So this can be done for single family. It can be done for commercial. It can be done for um, multifamily. So just go out there and do it, guys. Take action today, whether it's driving for dollars, cold calling, or walking properties with your real, real estate agent. Just try to find some ways to stay active. Anyways, guys, I'm so excited. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Real Estate Success Strategies podcast. Listen, we have a very, well, we have several special guests coming up on weeks to come. I apologize for releasing this really late. Uh, we were going to have a special guest on today, but things happened and it just, we had to push the podcast back a day. So we have very special guests. We have a lady I'm not going to say her name because then you'll start researching and you'll go out there and um, you already know. But we have a lady that was an Olympic tennis player. She's coming on um, to talk about how she traveled the world, found herself back in the United States doing financial services and real estate. And she's going to share exactly how her Olympian mindset has helped her in the real estate game. We also have another gentleman that I'm not going to say his name because you guys may know him. We're bringing on. He has over 900 rental properties. Over 900 rental properties. Imagine that. And guess how old he is? 25 years old. 25 years old, 900 plus rental properties, and he's raised millions in private capital. Millions, okay? Actually, I just seen on his Facebook, he just broke ground on a 50-unit apartment complex. His first brand new construction apartment complex he's building right now himself, him and his capital team. And uh, so I'm excited to bring him on in the coming weeks. Guys, we have so much value given out. If you could, please subscribe and leave a review on this podcast if you find it valuable. We give out so much free content for you guys, and we don't ask anything in return. So please do that. Share it with your friends, and we hope to see you on future episodes. Until then, God bless you guys, and we'll see you on another episode.